Welcome back. This is the Get Ready Podcast. We are your host, Credit and Grant. Grant, welcome back to the show. We got a different one for you today. How are you? I am awesome. I I don't know what the date is today. I'm so, where am I? It's just deep into quarter, are we in quarter three? Yeah, we are in quarter three, the beginning of it. I just, you know, new job, two, two and a half, three months in. I'm tired. I love it. Um, I had a great weekend playing the three on three basketball tournament. Told you all about it. It was just, it was a blast, man. I went camping again. That's like 25, 25 times already this year. I just, I probably have the world record, but how are you? How are you doing? Let me hear it. Life is great. Give me some inspiration. Um, been really busy. I was in Houston last week. We talked about that on the road. Spent a lot of time in the car, traversed most of the state of uh, Texas, but life is good. I am not, I've been golfing a lot. I knew personal best 73 and I followed that up with just two dumpster fires of rounds. Um, so that's golf for you. Golf is kind of like the markets. You're up and you're down and you're up and you're down and you're down and you're up. <laughs> you know, it's how life, you know, it's a good uh, barometer for just how uh, life can really be. You know, did, you're, you, did you break anything? No, I have not broken anything. I did throw my wedge about 30 yards deep into the forest, and uh, my buddy and I, we went and dug it out after the round. So, you know, got to have good friends, baby. Got Lamar, Lamar Jackson would kill for that arm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a hammer throw, I'm ready for the Olympics. You know, that's all. We got the Olympics coming up. You know, I got to get kind of prepared. Uh, sevens. I'm way into that. I think everyone's pipe dream is to be in that Olympic village somehow, some way, but we're not. We're watching on TV. I get it. Why don't we like we should we could, we could probably be pretty good handball players? I think we'd have a chance. Yeah, I mean, I would I would crush in most of those sports. Swimming, I know I can probably beat Michael Phelps, but I just you know I gave it up for business. NBA student, I should be in a white collar prison, but uh, whatever. You know, I'm only in my mid thirties. Uh, I got time. I love it. I love it. Today's show is a little different for the fans out there. Uh, we're we're going to kind of cover, it's going to be kind of a two-tiered show. First off, we're going to kind of lay out what is going on in the world and the markets. Um, a little from a little bit of Bitcoin to a little bit of markets. So we're going to talk like you got a little space race going on right now, which is kind of cool and weird. And then just kind of an overall feeling of what is going on in the world. But then we're going to take it and then we're going to break it down to how we look at it overall. So give you kind of come some perspective and, and understand that, Hey, maybe not everything that is being projected to you is actually should be weighing on your life. So from there, I'm just going to kick it right off. Like, what, what are you seeing out there in the market? What, what's going on? What's got your interest peaked and all the activity that we're seeing right now? Uh, a lot uh, of things going on. Ah, there's a lot. Where should we start? Space race? You want to talk in the markets? You want to talk politics? Pick, wanna, fire. Uh, I don't know. I, mean, I think the space race is the most... Uh, must see tv i mean i didn't watch any of it but it's compelling because it just gets your eyes off of politics for a second and obviously politics has trickled its way into it because you know it's a bunch of rich rich billionaires flying to space and people think that money can be used and or could be better served in different areas of the planet yada 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 right it's just a bunch of poor people talking about how they hate rich people and i mean if you have money to go to space go to space if i was uh what richard branson jeff bezos or elon musk i would be doing the same and obviously I don't have an ego like that. Maybe if I had their net worth, I'd have that ego potentially. I don't want to say, I know they say money makes you more of what you are. I'm already pretty confident, but uh, it's a thin line between confidence and an egotistical, but Richard Branson obviously wanted to be that guy who, who got there first before Bezos and Elon. And he did it, he did it uh, effectively. Right. I don't know if he's still there. If he came home, I don't really know the story. I haven't really been following it, but I love the idea. It's kind of like, 
kind of has that feeling like aliens, you know, you, you hear about it and you're like, that's super cool. And then it just kind of wears on you a little bit. I think I'm more interested in seeing an American, probably Jeff Bezos or Elon get there. I guess Elon's South African. So I apologize. Jeff Bezos. I'm interested to see Jeff Bezos get there because he auctioned off the seat for like $28 million. And the guy came out like a, who bought it came out like a week later. It was like, yeah, oh, I got a prior commitment. Me and my wife are going to dinner. Sorry, I can't make it. Give it to the next in kin. Now it's like some 18 year old who like, you know, his dad bought him the ticket and he's getting to go up in space through blue origins. That's just fascinating stuff. Just, just ridiculous all around, but I don't know. It's the space. Race. What do you think? Well, I want to hear your thoughts on the space race. Give it to me. No well, chaser. First thing is I hate, I hate when people are like, Oh my God, that money could be used for so much better things. And I'm like, Okay, like what? We're going to give it to homeless people and they're going to go buy meth with it? I mean, that's unfortunately, that's who I'm turning into now. There are some needs that need to be met maybe, but I just, I get frustrated. Like the answer isn't always, oh, they have so much, they need to give it up. Okay, that might be a solution, but I, I still think that Amazon has potentially done more for me than the government has. I mean, look at our education system. It's one, it's, it's not top tier. Uh, look at our infrastructure. It's not top tier anymore. Uh, we've let it kind of go to the wayside. Um, look at what all the, the government does for us. And it's not that, it's not that much. Amazon does a lot for me. They bring packages right to my door. That's a lovely feature. I love it. I really respect it. I say that all tongue in cheek. It's just like a way I try to put it in perspective. Like, okay guys. Yeah. They have a bunch of, bunch of money but honestly like bezos has got like 200 million dollars the US, united states budget is three trillion dollars six trillion dollars now like what are you talking about we the money is not the problem it's using the money correctly is the problem yeah i mean first off bezos says 200 billion not 200 million so let's just clarify that. that's a, Two, a much different 200 billion number. still is a fraction to the united states government budget i apologize i i mean i'm gonna be contrarian here i'm actually pro billionaire uh because i live in america I, i'm very pro billionaire because most often billionaires have given way more to the world than the government ever has so to your point like elon and tesla and all the companies he's starting, all the companies he's starting, and Branson, and all the companies he's started, and Bezos, and what Amazon's done, and Amazon Prime, and the amount of Amazon Prime memberships in the world. I will say, this is where I think America is a little off in the sense of they expect billionaires to bail us out when it's not the billionaire's job to bail anybody out in a free market society. They've made money through hard work and all these things that they've done and created. It's the government's job to start to create these infrastructures. Like that's the whole point of the government is safety and security. Like you pay taxes so they can fix your roads and give you law enforcement and, and provide a safe and secure measure. And then when the pandemic hit, it was like Elon Musk who was putting ventilators in all the hospitals. For what reason? I have no idea why. It's not really his job, but the fact that we had all these humanitarians and environmentalists in the world who want to put their money towards something positive is, is an awesome thing. When you have all this like crowd shaming and, all these people who are just jumping on to petition. Like I saw this, this idea that someone wanted to petition. There's like 80,000 people that signed a petition to let to make sure that Jeff Bezos didn't come back to earth. I was like, what world do we live in that you're hated that much for just being rich <laughs> in America? Obviously that's the world we live in. This is what this has turned into. Now this podcast is like people bang on billionaires. I'm like, do you understand 200 billion is nowhere near it's the, the United States tax revenues. We've, we've, received more tax revenue in the last 10 years, year after year after year. We do not have a money problem. We have a spending problem. We are not allocating it to the correct people. We have an issue with our politicians. Now, see, this is where we, we don't need the money. We have the money. We're just not using it right. You're telling me we can't fix our problem with 
Well, in 2019, we brought in $3.46 trillion as a government. That is 16 Bezoses. You're going to fix this, but you're going to need six. And that's every year, right? Once you, once you burn up one Bezos, once you, once you tax him out of, out of oblivion, he's done. He's gone. You got to go find another one. So you're not going to get 15 Bezoses per year that you could just nuke. That's what, you know, nuke with taxes, but that that's, so I'm getting wound up, but you know, that, going back to the space race. <laughs> you're not getting wound up. That's just like taxing the rich people. They can leave the country and go and go be somewhere else or like corporate or corporate taxes, right? Like Apple needs to pay their fair share. Okay. Well, the iPhone's going to cost $2,200. What do you think is going to happen? Like you're going to pay it. That's what they don't understand. It's just the uneducated fighting the uneducated. And it's a, it's a sad well, reality. We go back, I go back to, we are getting $3.7 trillion a year in annual tax revenue. We do not need any more taxes. We need to spend it better. That's the fact. We keep bringing in more and more money, yet we we don't know how to allocate it. We have poverty because we're you're telling me we don't know how to spend $3.7 trillion. Well, that's the answer. Do that, divide that, divide $3.7 trillion divided by $350 million and see what you get. It's a pretty, it's a pretty big number per person. You don't need all these governments. That that's the answer. Right? Yeah. That's what I keep going back to. We need more billionaires in terms of people that have the opportunity to make a billion dollars through the right way, adding value, not through the gaming the system, which you could argue Elon does a little bit. So yeah, I, I would even, I would even argue this because I was a government employee at once. So we have too many government employees. Like, I mean, like half of America is a government employee, in my opinion. Like, and not only that, like we're paying way too many, too way too much money for public office. Like these people in public office are making just stupid money, have access to closer access to to the trading floors and all this information that the general public doesn't have. And I mean, look at your pothole outside of your house. Like that thing's probably still not paved. And it's been there for three, four years and how cheap it is to do that. Instead, you know, you got half the world on the government. Half of America is the government employees so that can continue to give you less or give you the benefits of basically they just wrap their arms around you and say, hey, we'll take care of your your fringe benefits like health and 401k if you stick with us for the next 30 to 35 years. And it's, it's a sad reality. I think we can get me and you are very anti, not anti-government necessarily or or we want less government. I'm not anti-government. We just want less government and less control and let the free market be the free market and let it be and stop hearing all this ridiculousness about like, oh, well, women's basketball should make as much as men's basketball. Like, come on, do you have any idea what economics means? Like that's, this is the world we're in now is like, it's all clickbait. It's all just, how do we, how do we give everyone equality of outcome instead of equality of opportunity? And that tends to be the case and not just the space race, but that just tends to be the case in all things and all the realities in life right now. And I don't see it getting any better. Uh, at least in the news cycle. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. There, there's too much of this divisiveness. That, oh, they're trying to, everyone on both sides are just trying to pin people down in the corners. Like, oh, well, this person's bad. Like they're trying to vilify and say, oh, this person's bad. Like even the, the right and left is everyone's bad. No, not, well, I have, some people could be bad, but like we got to stop with this. So it's such antagonizing attitude. Uh in the world, um, you know, we, we, we're going to get into this even more. Like what we're we're using this, so we're getting wound up right now. We're we're, <laughs> we're, we're or at least I am. We're putting down like our thoughts, and we're we're looking at the math, right, and saying, well, what if we just stop doing this? We wouldn't have as many issues. Like we don't have that that big of, of a problem. You're telling me, like, I don't know, someone do three point seven trillion dollars divided by three hundred fifty million. Someone tell me what that math is. I, I don't know what it is. On top of that, maybe like ten grand, something like that. Uh, my calculator doesn't go that high. Yeah, exactly. So I think there's an old adage in debate school where you don't always debate the opinion. You only debate what the other guy's pitching and you try to prove that he's wrong. And that's kind of what politics have become is it's not about the plan that they're creating or the dream that they have. They just figure out what the other person isn't and they just show you why 
this person this person isn't the right person for the job and everyone just went to debate school and everyone's just now arguing the other point and why it's ridiculous as opposed to showing what the best point is and that that's where we are in america where everyone's really good at debating and the lower to the low to middle class isn't i guess educated enough to understand the, the purpose of that debate and they're always like yeah you're right I, we should be pro-abortion as opposed to figuring out what like what steps we could make so everyone can win and that's and everyone's on social media and they're easily targeted and there's a lot of fake news i mean not a big donald trump fan but he is right there is a ton of fake news out there and it, it definitely propels people to do stupid things and take action and then there's volatility and there's just i mean it's a downward spiral and there's a lot of I didn't realize this, but I, I spent three days last week in my current profession in the field, more or less. I don't want to say what it is. And, it, and the field is full of just low class people who don't have means. And then they walk in, they have no shoes, they have no shirt. They're buying cigarettes and alcohol at eight in the morning. You're like, what is going on? It's Wednesday. And you're buying just ice, a Long Island iced tea at 830 in the morning. It's a single like bro, you are going to, I know you're not drinking that for dinner. I know that. So, I mean, just poor choices by people and just how they're moved and swayed by, swayed by the social media outlets. And it's just sad. I mean, I think, I don't even know what to say about it. It's, I, I'm glad I have a head on my shoulders. Last word on here, and we're going to move to something right. a little more upbeat. All right. I love it. Let's get upbeat. Yeah, I was just going to say, you're, you're right. Like there is, this is, there's no longer an honest debate. It's just proving what you just said wrong. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if you slip up, oh, no, we're going to stick on that one thing. So we need to encourage more debate. We need to encourage more, um, you know, constructive conversations. And a lot of people don't want to do that. But don't be afraid to have these conversations with some family members if you're not on the same political aisle. Figure it out and understand. Too often people hang up on one thing. Usually it's not, you're not talking apples to apples. It's always apples to oranges when you're in these debates or getting hung up on nuance instead of actually talking about the meat of the conversation. So there, there is our, somehow we went from space race to government spending to overall taxation to overall field. I love it. I love it. What's going on session. That's all it is. So now let's go ahead and move on to our favorite topic easily, which is the topic of Bitcoin. Uh, there's some big news going out there. Break it down for us. Ah, what are the big news? What do you want to do? Do you want to talk Elon, Jack, Kathy Wood, the B word? Or do you want to talk? Ah, I'm so excited for this event. Imagine getting the most powerful people in one space and putting them in front of a conference and then having the whole world be able to live stream it. And then it's really, you got the far right, the far left, and someone who's kind of staking their claim in the middle and, they call it the B word for, for the record. I hate that word. I don't even know why they would do something cool. Like just call it just Bitcoin, just pure Bitcoin or, you know, get rid of the, the. but um, you know, Elon's notorious. He obviously lost a lot of, lost a lot of people money after SNL. He's been pumping Doge since obviously you can see his, his Twitter handle. Every time he tries to pump something, it just, he's losing a little bit of steam every single time he does it. It's kind of the wear and tear paralysis by analysis. And now Jack's really done this whole, you know, I think he lost control of, twitter and now he's really leaned into square and square created what did square do actually do you even know so he created this whole separate entity within square to start uh allowing for bitcoin payments to some degree he did something recent but now he's just all in and his life mission is bitcoin which is which is awesome to see a billionaire to take stake their entire life mission into it kathy wood is going all in on it as well so uh it's an all-star lineup uh you got kind of your super villain and elon and you got the two kind of quintessential um, figureheads of Bitcoin now that Elon is, you know, we all killed our hero. So I'm interested to see one, if he sold all of his Bitcoin via Tesla. Uh, I think that's coming up because I think Tesla earnings are coming soon. 
Um, I'm interested to see Jack's take on it. I haven't really heard Jack Dorsey talk all that much about Bitcoin. I've heard him endorse it a handful of times and talk about sustainability and how awesome it is, but I haven't really given him, I haven't heard his Michael Saylor pitch more or less. Have you? He's just very quiet about it. He says that the internet, he always pitches it like the internet needs a native like currency. Like you don't need final, like you don't need instant settlement when you're transacting on the internet, right? You need seamless, very quick. And that's a lot of what Bitcoin's going to be in terms of like, it takes you two days to get your package anyway. So it doesn't matter if it's a, if a payment clears in 30 minutes. Um, he's always kind of been that like Bitcoin very, very much changes the world. And he says like, if I didn't, if, Twitter and Square didn't need me. I work on Bitcoin full time. Well, you start to see him really start to pull more because he had been pretty quiet and he's arguably the biggest bill. I mean, he's with eight, what, $8 billion. And, you know, I started these hedge fund managers, like he's really started to pull his weight in there a little bit more and starting to drag in Kathy Wood because they had to deal with this Elon Musk situation. And, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I've heard rumblings around that are, that are semi close to some of these people that are like, we're not really sure what happened because this doesn't make sense. And sometimes when things don't make sense, we've talked about it, it could have been tapped on the shoulder by a regulator. Um, it's, it's really, I mean, Bitcoin was really gaining some steam there and what took a lot of the steam out is don't get me wrong. It in, in the 60 range, it was still struggling to get a bunch of demand, but what really kind of took the air out of the, out of the balloon there on the, on the, on the ramp up was uh, Elon's tweet about not accepting a Tesla anymore. And that was good mm -hmm. fodder for the fire. That's what broke us out of the 30 K range. And now we're back in the 30 K range. So um, I think Kathy and Jack are really trying to pull their weight here and say, you need to learn here and we're going to teach you. Yeah. I tell you, say what you want about the guy. I, I do respect Elon Musk for actually accepting the invite and going out on stage and really being the only one. I wouldn't say he's against it, but he's, in this trivial little uh, conference that's set for Wednesday, July 21st, which is in 48 hours. Like he's really kind of the, the villain in this and that everyone wants to hear what he has to say and the why, and then they want to hear Blockstream CEO, Adam back and, and, and Kathy Wood and Nick Carter is going to be there, the Bitcoin influencer. And then all these other figureheads just really, I think everyone wants to hear him prove him wrong, but I'm interested to hear his, his opinions on, on the why. And I, I think his Twitter handle and how he pitches it is, isn't always accurate in how he thinks because he's an engineer and I think he has valid opinions. So I give him credit for showing up, but this is really the space in which maybe this is the conference that gets into the next space that we thought the whole Miami Bitcoin conference was going to be where we find out that all these public companies are putting it on its ledger. And then the Bitcoin conference was going to happen in Miami. And then it was going to go to the, all the rocket ship emojis. Yada, yada. Maybe this is the one that happens. And this is, you know, the conference after the conference that really, really encouraged a lot of the people who were somewhere in the middle in the gray area. Cause it's, it's still early. I still talk to like, I can play basketball in the mornings and me and one other guy that owns who own Bitcoin me and one other person are the only ones that own Bitcoin. And these people all have money and all their money is stored in other assets, specifically real estate, but they're all interested, but they're all, they all still think it's speculative. So in my opinion, it's super early and this could be a conference that maybe takes, I don't know, converts a handful of people. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's, is my hope is getting, you know, hope's running dry over here. I think it's going to be a dud. It'll be real. <laughs> I'm really interested. It's not going to do much for the price. It's just not, um, yeah. you know, the Elon and Tesla buying it did a lot for the price. I mean, it went up, it doubled. And the, the reason why is because it basically signaled, oh, another company besides Michael Saylor. Michael Saylor is a small company tech. Like they, they have a good business. They're making 30, 40, $50 million a year. They're, they're a couple billion dollars worth of, you know, Bitcoin doesn't change, you know, a hundred thousand Bitcoin doesn't do much 
like cool and then he's almost went kind of psycho mode with this and it's like okay well he went what you went all in and then you borrowed more money and went even more in like i'm like i respect <laughs> it i still got some of the shares i still got some exposure to the company um but it's just like he can went so over the top yeah you said something about price i, I don't think it has anything to do about price this whole the whole point of this conference is it's basically to get more institutions on board with with bitcoin so i think this could be an opportunity where uh there's some big companies out there who listen in and, and there's a compelling re- compelling reason for them to basically put bitcoin on their balance sheet and uh it could be an opportunity to get two three four kind of bigger medium-sized bigger companies to adopt it and that, that could be really the tinder that sparks the next the next bull run more or less uh, to get us back to 60, 70, 80. I mean, there's still a lot of people who think it's going to hit 100 by the end of the year. And I, I'm one of those people. Obviously, it's, you know, we're running out of hope, but I, I'm a hodler. And I, I think if there's any message you and I can tell anybody, it's like everyone should just hodl because if you continue to hodl, the price will go up. That's what, that's, that's my firm belief system. I, I like what you said because what's going to happen is there's going to be this conversation is going to be highly viewed and a lot of it's going to be taken out of it. And there's going to be a lot of quips and there's going to be a lot of little nuggets that people are going to pull. And I'm really interested to see how this conversation goes. I'm really interested to see how Jack and Elon interact. I'm really interested to see what Kathy brings. And supposedly the moderator is going to bring some tough questions. Like we'll, we'll see what happens. The moderator is pro Bitcoin. Uh, his hashtag is Moneyball, so he's a Moneyball guy. He's a he's a data guy. He's out of San Fran. He's a part of the Oakland A's organization, I believe. And I'm I'm just in, I'm excited to see the flow of the conversation and to what you just talked about and debating. Hopefully, it doesn't turn into this nasty debate and it turns into a very constructive conversation where we don't get hung up on nuance. You know, I mentioned price to you, and you're like, "Well, it's not about the price." It's like, "Yo, sorry, I I just mentioned that out of nuance. Like, this yeah, isn't going to yeah. do anything for the price. Don't get excited." Um, hopefully what this does is it lays out a clear explanation of what it, what is Bitcoin and why it's important. But like what Elon is saying on Twitter about Bitcoin and transactions and stuff, it's like, dude, you're like Adam back. These really smart people are like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, and if you are going to come into our realm, we're going to fight you. We don't go in there and tell you how to run a a car company. We don't tell you how to go to space. So don't tell the guys that have been working on this for 12 years. Adam back was in the white paper. He he had hash cash. Like he, he's really like developing and he knows so much of this. He's worked kind of his life on this stuff. Then you're going to come in here and tell him that like, Oh, well, you know, we're trying to get transactions per minute up and energy and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you don't know, you don't know what we're doing here. You clearly don't. I don't think Elon dwells that far into the details with this type of this. I mean, he's, he's a master marketer and I think he, I don't know if he has a grand plan, but I think he knows what he's doing, especially when he's going to this conference that includes fidelity, Coinbase square paradigm. Like these are all big, big players in the, in the monetary space that all have Bitcoin to some degree or are aspiring to have Bitcoin on their balance sheet. So he, you know, he, maybe he walks in and he, he does like a power move and he buys a billion of it on stage and everyone's like, oh, this is what a billion dollars looks like. You know, like it, it could be something like that. I'm interested to see the ploy that he has because he always seems to do something uh, on a grand stage and there's always ripple effects, whether it's down or up. And um, I think he's the wild card and everyone else, you know, has a pretty, has a pretty conservative position into Bitcoin and how they want to propel it to the next level. And uh, they see him as in the way, but he, he could be something that helps propel them to the next, like they kind of need him in a sense. I know that sounds weird, but uh, he has the common man's ear more or less. Like the other guys are billionaires, but this guy's a billionaire who seems like a common man. Like he still makes 69 jokes and he, he doesn't seem like he's bought by the government. He seems pretty, pretty much his own person. 
And uh, I, I'm just interested to see what happens. I just want to hear. I want to be a fly on the wall for it. How do I get a ticket? Is that a thing? Yeah, I think it's gonna be streaming. You're, you're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. We're gonna disagree. You're much more of an Elon apologist than than I am. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't apologize for him for anything. I just, yeah, you just said, well, I don't think he's in the government. He's literally. I mean, that's how he's making all of his money is through the the government subsidies on uh, electric cars. So don't get me wrong. He's built really cool things and. Uh, he's flying rockets, really cool stuff. Very smart guy. I don't want to take that back. Um, but you know, talking about the, he said he's not, in, he's literally in Twitter, like arguing yeah. with these guys on yeah. Twitter about how we're going to transact and how, how this works, which I give him some credit. He's just wrong. Like he hasn't, it's, yeah. what do I, I hear people say he's learning in public, which is very tough for someone to do because especially the Bitcoin community, nobody is fiercer. We already talk about you. You come out of Bitcoin, they're kind of, they're gonna fuck you up like you're gonna get bodied yeah the best part is all these people in the lineup are all introverts to some degree so it's like interesting to see them debate on a live platform in front of everyone and all of them are just would rather be in the back room just doing their own thing it's i mean uh, by the way real quick jack dorsey every image i see of him now he has like a suit and tie on in these images i'm like this guy outside of a hawaiian shirt this guy's never putting on a suit ever again so uh, what we, how off brand are you guys putting jack dorsey in a suit now come on are they really putting them in a suit for this thing uh i've seen a handful i mean maybe the least recent one was but i saw a handful of pictures of jack dorsey and they had him in a suit and a couple of them i was like this dude hasn't worn a suit in 20 years come on now i bet you he shows up to just square just in just a piano necktie i don't know what he, he has just, he a just left shirt. for like three months he's just gone he's in africa he's like i'm out going on a so what, what do they call those things? What do they call those journeys? Sabbatical. Something like that. But there's like something like if you're out in the wilderness, I, I can't think of the name. Yeah, he would be that guy too. Um, yeah. Th and there's something, this is right before uh, the SEC is coming out uh, with some sort of plan on how to regulate. I don't know if they're coming out with regulation, but they're going to come out with a plan on what they expect to do. Um, there is some rumors. The ultimate hopium for Bitcoiners is it's going to come out and say, hey, we recognize Bitcoin. Uh, we see that it actually has some value. However, a lot of these DeFi applications, a lot of these altcoins, these are a lot of pump and dump as we've seen over and over and over and over again. I mean, Mark Cuban got caught in one, which yeah. is just funny. Everyone's telling him stupid. He's going into these altcoins and he gets a rug pulled. He's like, oh, I wish there was some more regulation. Like, yeah, Mark, like that's your own fault. We tried to tell you, but you're too smart. And actually, you're. I've now equated him. He's Russ Hanneman in Silicon Valley. <laughs> That's who he is. Yeah, I, I think anybody who's anybody isn't the biggest Mark Cuban fan. I think he's a good TV personality and he owns the Dallas Mavericks. And I mean, owning a sports franchise is the most conservative thing you can do and just gain cash flow. And even if he's had some disruption in his own organization, I, I would agree with you. I have no idea what the speculation is going to be. Uh, I still think it's kind of crazy if you watch China, who really just banned it and had their own surveillance coin. I think that's. If people want to make that footprint, I think that's a horrible idea. I don't know why anybody in the world is trying to recreate any sort of digital currency to be their own reserve currency or whatever, right? Why don't you just lean into it? The third world countries are doing it, probably because they don't have a choice. But the fact that America is even trying to come out and have some speculation on just the SEC wants to come out with regulations on crypto. I mean, I know crypto and Bitcoin are two different things. And there's a lot of people who believe if they have it in their Twitter handle, then they're not really Bitcoin enthusiasts. I think you could be both, but... Uh, I know you're kind of a Bitcoin maximalist. I, I, I am, but I still own a couple of the others. But I, I do believe Bitcoin will be the breadwinner at the end of the day. How long? I have no idea. Uh, four, eight years, I think it really will be the world reserve currency. That is my firm belief system. Uh, I don't think it's that speculative at this point. I think it's actually more proven than most of fiat and even gold. Um, that's just my worldview. I, I, yeah, I mean, 
I think it's, I have no idea what they're going to come out and say. I, I don't know how they can otherwise, or without, what are they going to do? Punish companies like Coinbase and Square who allow it. That's like the only way they can really put their footprint down. Right. Yeah. I don't know what the regulation will be. I think it'll be, I'm optimistic that it'll be something good for Bitcoin and maybe the entire um, space. But but at the end of the day, I don't really know. Um, I'm with you. I think next year is going to be a much bigger year than everyone expects, given the work that Nidig has been doing. Nydig, they have uh, they've they've done some really work bringing it to the masses, where they're going to basically think of all these small banks, you know, in the middle of Indiana and in small towns in Salt Lake, like. Not everyone has a Chase Bank account. Not everybody has a Bank of America account. A lot of people have these small local banks. And what if through these credit unions and through these small city and small town banks, uh, you could buy Bitcoin through it? You know, that way you don't have to, um, you don't have to, because everyone asks me, well, how do you even buy it? I mean, I, I've gotten that question half a dozen times. Like, oh, all right, I'm ready. Where do I buy it? I'm like, I tell them river.com, but pretty soon you're just going to be able to go to every bank in the world is at least in the United States, is going to offer some sort of Bitcoin service where you're going to be able to buy through their bank. They'll charge either a small fee and they'll allow you hopefully to withdraw it onto your own hardware wallet. But if not, you'll at least get some exposure. And I think that's going to be a a big driver that's going to happen next year. And I think because everyone was so hyped on 2020, the halving, and it did, it's done really well. I, I don't know, you know, it's up 3X since the halving. Could get a dip back into the 20s. That'll be fun. I'll put some hair on our chest. And then uh, I think 2022, when everybody could have potentially way more access to all 180 million adults in the United States, could be could be big. Plus, Jack Mahler is going to keep ripping through the world. Yeah, that guy's my hero. I think he's going to be the first world's trillionaire, and I think he's doing it for the right reason. I, I, I'm not, if I can hitch my ride to anybody, I think it's Jack Mahler's, which is crazy. He's like 26, wears a hoodie. He's just nothing like you think uh, a finance guy would be. You said something there. What did you say there? Was the SEC? I don't know what the. I think the SEC is going to punish punish exchanges, but I do think what you said was uh, uh, banks, local banks, will allow you to buy it. I believe that's what you said, right? I think that if that's the case, I mean, if somehow in the next on the 28th, 29th, the SEC comes out and they lean into Bitcoin and they basically allow all their their institutions to allow it become ubiquitous to a point where. People can buy it at their local bank and have to go on an exchange to some degree. That would, that would be huge. And if they did that, I think that would really put them at the top of the financial prowess and and be a. I know they are a big player in the in the world markets, but this would definitely separate them. And maybe it would take back some of that market share that China already has. I saw a graph on Twitter. That, Twitter was it today or yesterday? You were arguing about OPEC or something. I laughed because I thought you were you were pretty spot on about um. It was a graph between China and China and America and the world reserve currency, I believe. Do you remember yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, I got yeah. a cheap laugh out of that. <laughs> Something about yeah, OPEC they, and oil. They said there's more business done through Chinese companies. And I was like, well, who does OPEC sell that oil through? Or what do they what, what do they use? That That's why the oil, the dollar is the reserve currency. That's just... That's, yeah. It's I, do, I do appreciate people do ask. I mean, right now we're like, you don't know how to buy Bitcoin, but I do appreciate someone even asking the question, how do I buy it? I'm like, oh, at least you're interested. I can try to point you in the right direction. If you buy it, it only helps. So I think anybody that continues to buy it, prove it. Uh, we just need more people to buy it, uh, specifically in America, in a first world country. I mean, third world countries are great, but they just don't have as much as much money. Uh, and anybody that can buy it now before it's all gone <laughs> through institutions uh, I think it'd be, you'll be better served within the next 10 to 20 years. 
Very well said. And again, I don't think this next week is going to throw them on record. Not next week is going to be the big thing. 2022, I think, is going to be massive for Bitcoin, in my opinion. Hold Um, on. If I had to take a bet, I think the SEC is going to come out and they're going to punish like the Robin Hoods and all the exchanges of the the finances of the world. They're going to do something where they're going to tax them at incredible rates where people like Jack Maulers right now who strike when you put a hundred dollars into bitcoin you get all hundred dollars there's no fees essentially i mean their fees are based off of basis points so uh you basically pay what they're having to pay uh i think what they're going to try to do is make robin hood and coinbase and all these you know quasi exchanges pay huge fees where if you wanted to buy a hundred dollars on, on coinbase they might coinbase might turn around and charge you like a 12 percent fee because they're getting killed by the sec that that's kind of my speculation on it i can be way off but that's the only way that really that they really have power over, I wouldn't call it Bitcoin, but the ability to get Bitcoin is through like the gateway of it. Yeah, that's agreed. They could shut off the exchanges or attack the exchanges. I do think something is coming on the altcoin bonanza. You just see it every cycle. I mean, there's been a dozen or so altcoins have just been rug pulled and gone to zero and the founders run off. Like they're, they're going to come out on something like that because too many of these people who create the coins are rich at the top and the bag holders. And they don't like that Bitcoin. There is no person in charge. And a lot of people have made a lot of money and a lot of people continue to get in. Yes. You might've bought at 60 and now it's down at 30. Well, part of life and it's still at 30. Like it's still a big asset. So yeah, I don't most know. That's coin, just where I, most altcoins are MLMs. That's how I see them. Ponzi schemes. Like, you know, the top's getting rich. The bottom's just trying to get to the top and it's all trickled down, but you know, it stops at a certain point and it's a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Pre-mined coins are given to the influencers. And anyway, yeah. now we've kind of just given an, a feel, you know, we have a little negativity. I apologize, but it had to be said sometimes. You got to go down that route. What What is your overall, when you're looking at the world politically, when you're looking at it in the financial markets, you know, they took us, they got smoked today, which I just yeah. look at it and I'm like, I got fucking diamond hands. I'm not worried about it. It's good. Grizzle them up a little, burn me a little bit, baby. Come on, bring me the pain. But yeah. Overall, like when you're just, when you take a snapshot of the world outside looking in, not looking at Grand Cell, but like what everyone's viewing, what does it look like to you? Yeah, I mean, what does it look like? I read it as the end of days. You know, the markets are sideways crashing. Uh, we're printing money at an all-time high. Inflation's going to hit at some unreal number. Uh, our political parties here in America can't even get along. They can't even say please and thank you to each other. Um, you know, we're nuking people in the Middle East. We're just, the border's out of control. Like everything you hear is just 140 characters of nonsense. And uh, if you turn your back, there's a knife in your back. And, uh, you, you know, if you let your neighbors in, you know, they're going to take advantage of you later. That seems to be the kind of the theme that's happening in the news right now is don't trust the current president, just like you can't trust the last president, even though they're saying the same thing. Um, we don't play well with the world. China's going to kill us. Communism's awesome. Socialism's awesome. Capitalism's corrupt. It just that's, Those are the common themes that you hear because I, I tend to think it's the vocal minority who aren't happy with the system that tend to, to blow it up or news outlets tend to... They used to be left. Now they're really far left to try to, try to scare you into to being a certain way. And uh, it's very cynical, I would say. There's not a lot of positivity in the world. And from what you hear on a day-to-day basis, I'm talking from outside in. How do you feel? No, I think uh, everyone's positioning right now. The Delta variant's running through. You're a bad person if you don't have the vaccine, which people are still getting COVID with the vaccine. You are, uh, yeah, China's coming for you. China's coming for Bitcoin. China's oh, got this, their world power. They're taking over. 
Um, yeah, everybody is tired of the old system. They hate billionaires. Billionaires going to space is a bad thing. Um, and you're looking at there. Yeah, there was a riot. Right. We gotta stop calling them riots. See, that's the thing they try to get you with. Yeah, yeah, There's a protest in Greece because they're protesting vaccine passports. Like, uh, you know, that's that shouldn't be a thing. That's pretty uh, violating some privacy. Now, you do have to have specific vaccines to go to somewhere. You know, like if you want to go to somewhere kind of remote, like you might need a specific vaccine because there's a well-documented disease that kills people like 10 to 20 percent of the time. And we have years of history on that vaccine. Um, you look at the markets, the markets got wrecked today because they're worried about all kinds of different things. And I'm like, you know what? My opinion was this. The market wasn't very strong. There wasn't a lot of more money to come into it. Not everyone was really sure what was going on. You had hedge fund managers that are saying, we don't know. Like really smart ones are like the, the really non-pompous ones are just like, well, I don't really know. I'm just going to hold on to some of it. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I think we were due for a pullback like this. It was on teetering ground. It was up only. You were due for something like this. And everyone's looking at it like, oh, no, this is bad. And we don't have this and we don't have that. And the world is ending. And we yeah. talk like this. And I, I, I want to make it a point that on this podcast, we finish this up with, like, well, that's how they, they picture it. But like my life is pretty good, Grant. And I know your life is pretty good. How do you how do you like mentally look at all this. Like, I think we look at it the same way, but you see all this stuff and then like, yeah, give me the breakdown of, of Grant's life. You know, where, where are you at on a scale of one through 10 and how things are going for you. And then like how you just continue to, you know, achieve whatever result that is. Yeah. I, I'm a complete 180 from what the world projects on us from outward in me inward out. I, I couldn't be any, any different. I mean, I think you, I, 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 I've endorsed you on this podcast to the point of I changed my entire Twitter handle to have no politics, no religion, none of that cynicism. And it's all just with like startups and VC talk and um, Bitcoin and any form of cryptocurrency. And I, I don't really see any of that. I, I'm so micro focused right now. We, me and you created goals in the beginning of the year and uh, I'm chopping away at that wood and I'm very micro focused right now. I, I mean, I see a day like today where I lost a decent amount of money and it literally meant nothing to me. I'm like, oh, it's red. You know, it's either red or green. I don't know, but I'm, I'm holding it for a long time. Like most of my calls are long dated. Most of my, most of my uh, securities and anything I hold in the public markets are just sitting there. I have no plans to sell. I only sell in the green. I don't sell in the red. Um, you know, I'm probably sitting around 205 pounds getting close to my goal. I don't know. I joined a startup. I invested in a company. I'm probably 11 out of 12 books this year. My savings account's growing. I'm getting close to more Bitcoin than I want to hodl. My, I have a podcast with you every week. My, my Amazon seller account's starting to grow again. Uh, my road to a million is I'm on track. Just, hey, keep chopping wood, man. Keep chopping wood. Keep chopping wood. Don't let these outside influences hit you. Don't let this negativity get you down. Don't let, don't let poor people or rich people tell you you're the worst. Just keep looking in front of you and I mean, I think the demand, the demand for most negative things in the world right now overseas is is more than the actual supply of it. Like I look at racism, for example, and I'm like, I don't know. I've lived in this country. I've lived in three different time zones. While it's sketchy and there are some horrible people out there, I'd say mostly most people are just, they just want to live by themselves, hang out with their wife or their spouse and go to get, have a job and play once in a while that, that tends to be 95 to 99 percent of the people i know and there's always that one to two people that are completely radical but somehow they just like make the most noise in the room so that's what everyone gravitates to and i'm like yeah it's just not happening and um, i think my micro focus has been awesome this year and i think a lot of it started with this podcast and documenting it and keeping me on record so when i come into 
December, I can say, yeah, I hit 10 of my 12 goals. Now let's have 20 goals next year. And let's make them harder and continue to challenge ourselves. Uh, so that's where I'm at. I'm happy. I'm tired because I'm a dad and I don't sleep and I have a new job and that's incre- increasingly challenging, but I mean, it's a challenge that I wanted and I chose. So how about you? Give me your, give me your elevator picture. Where are you at in the world? Yeah. When I, when I go through and I, I look at all this stuff and my wife and I always talk, you know, Oh, the pandemic was so hard for people. And I agree. It might've affected people disproportionately. It definitely did. You know, we didn't miss a beat. We probably had one of the best years ever. Um, and people were going to be like, Oh, it's you know, the, the negativity will be like, Oh, it's cause you're a white couple and you're, and, you know, this and that, and you have all the privilege. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You could think that. I mean, I graduated school with $45,000 in student loan debt. Like <laughs> it's gone now. Why? Cause I worked hard and I did. I get some breaks along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, when you look at you know this year, right, we've done this podcast and I know there's times like, we are both tired and we're like, oh, we got to do this podcast, but we, we don't, we look at it like, oh, let's just keep doing it. Like it, it, it kind of is almost a little spur for both of us in life. At least I feel it like it keeps us on, on track with our book reading. It, it helps us revisit our goals every now and then, like, you know, in terms of like trading and in terms of investing in startups, um, I've done really well. And in terms of health, I'm really happy with some of the progress I made. So if we looked at the goals, like three or four out of like eight or nine, I've done really well on And some of them I'm like, oh, I looked at them like, okay, well, maybe that's just not that important to me. And you, you reframe that and you continue to look at, you know, I, I have a, I, I, I think I just have an incredible filter. Like I see that stuff and I'm like, most of that stuff's not real. Like yeah. go in, like I go in the rough part. Now I live in Salt Lake city, but like I was in Houston and kind of, I'm in scrapyards. Like I'm in rough part of the town. And guess what? People are walking into gas stations. They're doing just fine. They're, they're grabbing their diet mountain dues. They're getting their donuts and they're going to work. All right. That's a problem in and of itself. We won't go there today, but they're, they're living life. I mean, I'm watching millions and millions and millions, hundreds of millions of people go about their day, no issues. And do you have one of these things that is a problem? Absolutely. And they just get blown out of proportion and you're pumped with it over and over and over again. And the more you remove yourself out of it, the, the happier you're going to be. And I continue to look at like my life and I'm like, well, what? you know, everything they're telling me. And just when we even talked about politics, it's funny. Like we get, at least I get wound up. You're much, you're much cooler and calmer than me. You know? get, <laughs> you're know, you just talking. Like that's that. all they're doing. You're just talking. It doesn't mean anything to me. Getting, I, I get a little wound up. I get a little passionate about it. And I'm thinking about like, honestly, none of that stuff really matters. I still go about my day. Yeah. I'd like to not pay as much in taxes, but I still get by just fine. And I'm still able to make it happen. And at the, at the end of the day, we're all playing the same game, you know? And if you can move up a certain way and you can figure out some of the rules of the game, I mean, it's just, it's, how much do you want it? And that's how I think about it. Yeah. I mean, if you're paying more in taxes, that means you're making more money. I mean, I also say, like, talk about your privileges. Do we have privileges? Sure. I'm sure we have some. Do we recognize them? Ah, not, not as much. I would say a lot of what it comes down to is what do you do in your free time? That eight hours a day that you aren't working or are not sleeping. Like, what are you doing with those eight hours a day? And can you continue to compound, compound that? So us, it's reading books. We're working on other deals. I have other businesses. You have other ventures with real estate. Like, we're actually working in those eight hours. And I would say the pandemic was the perfect, perfect time for people who are afraid to make mistakes, never grow. Like if you want to make a mistake, you should have done it in the pandemic because nothing was going to happen to you. Like there was all the safety net, like, oh, what's going to go back? You're just going to get money from the government. If you lose, that's all going to happen. So I think you and I utilize the pandemic in a way where 
uh, we went from where we thought we were was the middle class. We started to grow ourselves in the new echelon because we started to use all that free time in a progressive way. And uh, a lot of people didn't. They just Netflix and they watched Tiger King and they just did things that weren't productive for themselves. And they just entertained themselves and as opposed to actually creating something during that pandemic that would pay itself back or, or try to find opportunities or, or provide knowledge for themselves in some degrees. I know there's a lot of different people out there who they might have some setbacks, but if you just take your free time and you build towards something, you continue to do it over and over and over. Look at us. We're trying to get a thousand episodes in. That's a long haul. I don't even know. What is that? It's 352 weeks a year. That's all. It's like three, four years, like, three and a half years. That's right. a long time to get to a thousand episodes, yeah. but you, you just got to keep doing it. You got to keep chopping wood. And I, I think most people quit after the first quarter or even before they even get halfway through the first quarter. And we recognize that at an early stage and, um, it's just like anything. You just keep dollar cost averaging life. You'll, you'll eventually get to where you want to be. So I, I just think if you could recognize that and stick with it and have the discipline and not just sit on the couch on a Monday night and actually be like, Hey, let's just do this podcast. You'll probably get there uh, probably sooner rather than later. That was a line for the ages, dollar cost averaging in life. You know, yeah. Hey, just a little bit yeah. here and there. Just just a little it up. Bit. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, just, just keep averaging it out. Just keep doing it. It's over time. You'll, you'll catch the break. You'll get lucky. Right. You just keep buying. You just keep putting in that effort and buying with your time. I mean, we keep buying this thing. We keep doing it. We, we look at it and we say like, hey, definitely it takes a lot of work, but it matters to us. You know, I learned this thing the other day. I read it in a book. I forgot what book I read it, but I wish I can credit it back to somebody. Uh, maybe it was a podcast and he talked about uh, he basically said he put a he put a value on his time and he says what is my time worth and uh, the gentleman was basically speaking about like I think I am worth seventy five dollars an hour so say Josh buys an Amazon package and it's uh, whatever yeah, pick something a pair of shoes and it's sixty dollars you hate the shoes to you it's like is it worth sending it back to Amazon and you're like well the shoes are worth sixty dollars it's gonna take me an hour to package them up send them back yada, yada. yeah my time's worth seventy five no I'll just give them away. So if it doesn't get above the $75 threshold, you'll never go and do that because it's not worth your time because your time's worth more. So I started to evaluate my decisions. My decisions tend to be not less efficient and more about quantity, about how can I get to that goal? Like think of something, think of basketball, for instance. What would you rather be? Would you rather be six for six or would you rather be, you know, eight for 18? Most people are like, I'd rather be six for six. It's 100%. I'd I'd rather be eight for 18 because I have more points. So like think of it that way in a sense where, if you could just value your time, I know those are two different things, but if you can value your time at a certain allotment, you'll be more efficient and you'll make better decisions knowing that anything below that threshold, you don't have to worry about and you don't have to have that constant guilt. I know I just talked about two different things, but that's kind of how I viewed it. And I started to view things in a, not a monetary way, but a more of like a quantifiable and a, in a qualifiable way what you're able to do is just put a metric around it. And mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have like metrics or we'll, we'll call it a um, what's the thing. What's the word I'm looking for? Like a, it's a, like a fundamental in life. Like, Hey, I have this core belief, right? And if I don't achieve this core belief, then it directs you. And a lot of these shortcuts matter in life. Like if you have these, if you know exactly who you are, if you have, if you're centered around your core beliefs, and that is one, like being able to evaluate your time, like that's not worth my time. Like, you know, parking, like my wife and I, we've always kind of argued about parking downtown. And I'm like, no, it's just, it's two bucks. Like, I'm not going to drive around for another 15 minutes and I'm, I'm going to like, yeah. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get out and I'm going to go where I want to go. Like I'll, I'll pay the $2 parking because it's worth it to me because it does save me some time and I don't have to fight and fight and fight for a, 
for an, you know, a free parking spot or something of that nature. Yeah, pay the premium if you have it. It's always worth it. Most times the premium's worth it, and that's why it's worth a premium. And Jerry Jones, he only felt he only went he was only upset on when he when he tried to go for the deal or he tried to save money. He never never was upset when he overpaid for something that was really was really good. So yeah. I, you know, I want to. I think we're ready to wrap it up. A lot of people are going to call us privileged, maybe a little lucky. And all we're going to say is, hey, luck is what happens when opportunity meets preparation. So get ready.